This is One North Stories. Our goal here is quite simple. We provide hyper-local, brand-based storytelling at the intersection of science, technology, and business here in Singapore with a global perspective. We are starting with a launch series focused on technology startups, and then plan to take the podcast broader, telling our stories, your stories, about the Singapore deep tech ecosystem. Whether you work as a venture capitalist on Sand Hill Road or in Southeast Asia, already doing R&D in Singapore, or perhaps a student dreaming big about technology, or someone in between. Join us to learn about the exciting technology being developed in our labs in Singapore, their translation journeys to market, and the inspirational people coming together to make yesterday's dream reality. If you have future episode ideas, segment ideas, or want to partner with us on this exciting journey, please get in touch. Our contact details are in the show notes. These are our stories. We hope they inspire you to create your own. And now, on to the show. We combine the sound recognition and the LiDAR visual understanding to create Lasso. Lasso at this stage is the world's first device that can hear, listen, and see at the same time. That is, I'm trying to mimic humans. We see, we hear our surroundings to perceive what's happening around us. We bear the mentality of we need to share the cake really. Over the past few years, we've been hogging the cake and having a hard time eating everything. I think the best way how we can measure success is how many lives we can save based on using our solution and how many people we can bring peace of mind. For this launch episode, I've sat down with Yao Qi from Soundive, a Singapore technology company that designs, builds, and deploys sound recognition technology. Originally conceived as a tool to empower fall-risk elderly to live more independently, they've gone through multiple deployment scenarios, including emergency monitoring, surveillance, healthcare, and elder care. Their edge computing deployed devices have since added vision via LiDAR, plus understanding via artificial intelligence and machine learning. Yao Qi shares about spotting the opportunity for sound recognition technology while in a research institute, incubating that technology, and founding a company. He shares about finding his co-founders, teaching his co-founders how to solder components, persevering while finding market fit, leveraging partners to accelerate their deployment base, and now entering a growth phase coming out of COVID. SoundEye is bringing peace of mind and saving lives. On to the interview. Hello and welcome to One North Stories. I'm here with Yao Qi from SoundEye, a startup doing quite interesting technology with sound and using it to gain extra information about occupants in a room. So maybe we can start with introducing Yao Qi. Could you start with your background, what you did before SoundEye and kind of what led you into SoundEye? Hi, good morning. My name is Yao Qi. I'm the founder of SoundEye. So before I founded SoundEye, I was a researcher in Institute for Infocom Research for more than 11 years, working on signal processing and robotics. While working on a pet robot project back in ASR, one of the elderly told me that she had a fall. She screamed for help, living alone. Hence, she tried to scream for more than three days until someone came and rescued her. To survive, she drank water from the toilet bowl. While I was you know, working on the pet robot that was using a sound recognition technology, I was wondering, Potentially, we can use the same technology to detect the elderly's um, screaming while she's in distress. Hence, that's the, the beginning of the sound eye journey. I was pretty lucky that I managed to convince the management to give, give me some research fundings 
on this idea. I, you know, ever since then, I've been using, trying to you know, use technology to somehow to improve the quality of life for our society. Thanks. So have you always been a sound guy? Like even in, in your junior years, you know, always interested in sound and recording or kind of like just the math and science led you to the DSP, led you to the sound? Well, I guess, you know, as you might be doing the same thing as well, you know, recording audio through the radio for your favorite songs uh, and then play it back whenever you want in your, on, using your Walkman. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we've been through all this journey before. Okay, let's go to the company SoundEye. I mean, you're using sound, again, to get information where an eye, a camera, might not be so so appropriate. Is that essentially it? Um, since the fall occurred to inside the washroom, uh, based on what the LV told me, hence, I guess, privacy is quite important. Hence, using the sound recognition technology will guarantee no privacy is going to be intruded. You know, since she had a fall before, during the research phase, we tried to use various sensors such as ultrasonic sensor, turbo power sensor to detect, you know, a fog situation there. Yes, I mean, you know, the technology works fine, but it's just a matter of the coverage is going to be a big issue. Hence, I guess, um, after I left A-Star, I started off SoundEye, I more or less, I focused on sound recognition first. Okay. In order, you know, because a new product, um, people is going to find, you're going to need some time to get people to understand the technology and then adopt it. Hence, I guess, uh, for the past few early years during the SoundEye, we focus on the sound. When things, when there are customers and think people is aware of SoundEye, that is when back in 2020, 2021, I start to work on the iPad again. The iPad will be using the LiDAR sensor to detect a person trying to leave the bed for lay on the floor without the use of any camera. The basic principle of the LiDAR sensor more or less is it blasts out millions of lights to the environment. When the light, when the light touches the surface, it will be reflected back to the device. Hence, we are able to produce a certain image that's made out of uh, light reflections only. Okay, so let's take a step back. You founded SoundEye 2015, and so you've had initial interactions and ideas several years before. You brought the idea to your management, and you tried to develop it in I2R a bit first. How did that go? How did your incubation go? And kind of when did you know that you were ready to commercialize or try to leave the research institute and bring the technology to market? You never know when you're ready. You're never ready, you know. Hence, I guess. I try to, you know, attend courses, set up courses, launch bootcamp, business classes, you know, try to get more experience before I jump into this bandwagon. And then there is another opportunity back in 2016 where I won a competition that's organized by Modern Aging and NUS Enterprise. I was one of the winners, hence I got a small amount of funding as well. Okay. I was like, since never, you know, you never know when you're ready, since there is another opportunity, another opportunity given, I was like, okay, let's try. That's when I started to tell everyone, hey, I'm going to work on SoundEye full-time at my own capacity. Yeah. yeah, so never know when you're ready and you just try. I did notice, though, in looking at your CV, you have some F&B experience. I was wondering, maybe did that, let's say, entrepreneurial or management experience running a business, you know, how did that help you, even though it's not technology, help, help push you out of the RI and take the plunge? Yes, I mean, you know, food it has been a part of my life, you know, every few months before Chinese year, I'll be helping my auntie to make love letters under a very hot weather. So hence, you know, food business has been something that I've been working on for since I was young. The F&B is just a matter of opportunity that someone, you know, um, selling the North Indian restaurant was taking over it, working daytime as a researcher, nighttime as a restaurant owner, doing all the... In fact, I know how to use tandoori. I know how to make nuns myself as well. So I, I think that kind of experience, you know, working hard is not a something that's foreign to me. Okay. I have been, you know, going through all these uh, work, odd jobs, uh, etc., rest uh, for parts of my life. Um, 
the restaurant business has teach me quite a few things. Business is business. Cash flow is very important. Yeah. It's your baby. No one is going to bother about your baby. You are the only one who's going to look after that. Hence, you better make sure that um, you know you find the right guy, the right team um, to support you, um, to to make sure that the company grows as well. So I've been working day and night uh, for the past few years. Uh, hence, the doctor was warning me that my liver might be a bit weakened. Hence, I sold the business and um, you know focus on the research back. After um, a year of resting, that's when I started off some idea again. Oh, yes. Hence, um, I just uh, restaurant business rest for one year and then start another thing. Okay, your health steady now. More or less, yes. More or less, yeah. excellent. Okay. Just need more sleep, I guess. More sleep. We all need more sleep. You mentioned like getting the right team around you. When you started SoundEye, did you have co-founders or did you kind of solo for a bit and then grow the team slowly? How did that work out? Solo at the beginning, I still remember that you know since not much revenue coming in, my mentor did advise me to go for adjunct lecturer, go you know lecture programming, etc. Hence, I've been adjunct lecturer for in, in Republic Poly, Singapore okay. Poly, SUSS as well. Hence, uh, Java programming, Python, those sort of stuff. Uh, I've been working to sustain myself in the early days, I would say. But I think my second hand, second right hand man will be Desmond, who is a business development guy. His first job is not to do business development. Um, because I received a big order for a nursing home, his first job is to I teach him how to solder components. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm pretty lucky to meet up with Desmond, who's my second hand man guy. Ever since then, you know, the relationship is not just about the business, it's about the trust. Yeah. It is hard to find people that you can trust it's just, and you need time to, for them to evaluate you, for me to evaluate them as well. So after that, I guess my second co-founder, third co-founder will be Waiming. He's the electronic guy. So all the electronic design assembly is done by him. Hence, right now, Sawai has three co-founders. Myself, Desmond, who's working on the business development, and Waiming, who's working on the hardware and the firmware. Okay. So it's a good combination, I would good say. combination, excellent. And it takes time. It takes me nearly five years to find an entire team, I would say. Okay. So you've got the, the three co-founders coming together over, over the initial years. And now we are 2023. So how many people do you have at Sound now? Right now we have about six, quite a diversified team. Business development, sound recognition guy, visual analytics guy, uh, firmware, plus another lady that's a Japanese lady that's helping me to expand to Japanese market as well. Okay. She's in Japan right now? She's located in Singapore. Uh, she's she's living in Singapore. Her husband is a guy from UK. Okay. Hence, she's able to speak Japanese and English pretty well. Yeah. I mean, the upcoming trip to Japan should be following me to five different cities. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your technology and Lasso. You have your core technology. You have Lasso, your public-facing product. Tell us about what is Lasso. What does it do? So Lasso is a device that we collaborated with hospitals and nursing homes to develop. It is a device that comes with a microphone, a LiDAR sensor, which is a laser sensor, and a processor inside there. Lasso is able to detect fall, prevent fall by detecting bed exit, and detecting a normal sound, such as people scream for help. The reason why we choose LiDAR and microphone, I think coming as mentioned earlier, we, we hold privacy very greatly and dearly. That's what other people want as well. It's easier to use a normal camera, to be honest with you. But we do see that you know there's too many competitors. It's Red Ocean. It's intruding privacy. Hence, we choose LiDAR sensor. LiDAR sensor has less, much less feature compared to a normal camera. Hence, uh, I guess the development of a Lasso, this product has been kind of a. We have to start from scratch because there's no yeah. public data set that comes with a LiDAR sensor, video or images. Hence, it is heartening to see hospital and nursing home see out, see through our idea that is going to help the community collaborate with us, allow us to place our sensor there to collect as much as real-world data as, as we can. Okay, so can, can you talk, I mean, 
your product development has been going on many years and you've had you know multiple you know partners to to you know like you said collect the live data to to improve your product offering what would your install base be right now and, you know where did you grow from we start off with elder care my initial idea is to focus on aging in place uh, to say elderly was living alone but that market back in 2016 2015 it's a bit hard i would say because there are a lot of competitors that's using penny buttons variables uh, etc Hence, I stepped back from the residential homes. I focus on nursing homes. I guess you know a few nursing homes has been is using our solution. After that, I managed to get an opportunity to to use some recognition technology for surveillance purposes. That is related to the airport deployment. Okay. So we have a pen tilt camera. We integrate some recognition into that device. Hence the well, hence we are able to detect gunshot, explosion sound, aggression sound, screaming sound in the public area. When we detect the Target sound, the camera will automatically turn to left or right. That will reduce the, the effort of a security guard manually controlling the camera. We also deployed to Bangkok shopping mall. That was pre-COVID back late 2019. So Bangkok employed our solution for the shopping mall as well as our condominiums as well. But you know, COVID strikes, there's no one go out, going out, hence our surveillance. Business is greatly affected. During the you know, COVID-19, we developed new product, the Lasso product. Hence, I guess right now, beyond elder care and surveillance, we are right now into the healthcare as well. Recently, we worked with a government agency, Jumoise Aoli was living alone. Hence, uh, it has been a full circle. We start out with, my intention is to start out with monitoring Aoli was living alone. So it takes a few years before I can reach that. Yeah, I'm pretty heartening that the trial was pretty successful. And the Malay lady who used our solution during the trial, before we removed the device, she contacted us, hey, can I buy your, uh, you know, your solution to continue monitor, you know, the LE inside the home. Oh, that's, that's great to hear. That, that was deployed in Singapore or in Singapore. Malaysia? Okay. Yeah. You have your devices. What would you say is your core technology? I mean, is it the sound listening, kind of the IoT that's in it, the DSP, the learning, the AI, ML, or, you know, all of the above? How would you put these into, let's say, a priority? So if someone look at our program, they will see the hardware. Many people thought that this is the hardware in a certain way, but to be honest, the core technology, the core IP is the sound recognition technology and the vision analytics that's using the LiDAR sensor. So we combine the sound recognition and the LiDAR vision understanding to create Lasso. I would say Lasso at this stage is the world's first device that can hear, listen, and see at the same time. That is, you know, I'm trying to mimic as humans, we see, we hear our surroundings as much as, you know, to, to perceive what's happening around us. Um, hence, um, you know, the sound recognition technology and the LiDAR sensor is something that we develop in-house. Whenever there's any issues, there's any false alarm, we, my team is able to handle it, resolve it as soon as possible as well. I want to dig a little bit deeper because, I mean, you essentially said you, you want to mimic, right? M mimic what a human can do. Sure. So how do you do that, let's say, in the software layer? I mean, is it like an AI or is it just like more database comparing? Like this stage is more or less as straightforward. Uh, we have two algorithms running in a single MCU, microcontroller unit, okay. at the same time. I think the next version, we are going to combine, rather than two, we're going to increase to six different sensors. We're talking about temperature, motion, light, lighting, radar sensors, etc. So I guess we're trying to somehow combine all this data, somehow perform data analytics. Hopefully we can somehow understand the lifestyle of the person, whether okay. last few months ago and to compare to the current lifestyle, is there any changes? Hopefully we can somehow prevent fall based on all these data analytics. Okay. Uh, to, I think fall prevention is much is more important than fall detection. Yes. Uh, hence, we're moving towards that direction as well. Yeah, the predictive ability of that comes from the long-term monitoring and data sets on comparing to previous cases. Exactly. 
your device is an edge device, but then you talk about building this intelligence in. Is all that then done, you know, on the edge, as we call edge computing, or do you have to like go back to the cloud to, to do your analytics and do, let's say, your, your real-time or near real-time analysis? I guess, you know, at this stage, we are performing edge computing for a few reasons. First of all is we want to record 24 hours of audio or video um, that will include privacy. So bandwidth light also. You need a very strong broadband bandwidth to stream all the data to the server. Hence, and then you need to store all this information to yeah. the server, which is uh, the cloud storage is expensive at this stage. We are slowly moving into uh, from edge computing to a combination of edge computing plus the cloud. Okay. Uh, the cloud, we don't have to store 24 hours of video or audio. We can use metadata, extract the data first. And all these other sensors that we collected, the data isn't going to be too large. Hence, the data analysis will be performed in the cloud. So the sound recognition and the vision analytics will still be performed in the edge. Meanwhile, the data analytics will be performed in the cloud. So hence, uh, it's a hybrid. So you have this the product Lasso and all your other deployments. I want to talk briefly about internet security. So I mean, you said privacy earlier, right? In terms of your actual device and what you're monitoring. But then we have a whole other level of privacy with IoT-connected devices. I understand. So how do you ensure, let's say as a product development, how do you ensure that security, internet security is at the forefront and continues to be at the forefront of your deployed devices? We have a few ways how to protect everyone's privacy. And the first one will be the on the software level. We are using AS encryption, which is a military encryption, okay. to communicate with the, the server. The second thing will be on the sensor level. We selected LiDAR sensor because there is no way, there's no camera. Hence, even if someone managed to hack into our device, the only thing that they're going to see is, you know, just a silhouette of a human being. Point cloud, well. yeah. Hence, you can't see the body parts, you can't see the face. Hence, according to the Data Protection Act, we are still okay with that. I think the third one is we don't try, we try not to collect any users or humans' information, like the name, address, this, the IC number. Hence, um, with all these different levels of ways to protect everyone's privacy, I think that's the best thing that we can do. I think we also being accredited by IMDA. They look into our code. We don't try to record any 24 hours video or audio. Hence, with that kind of accreditation, that's another way how we can bring peace of mind to everyone. So yeah, multiple layers of, of security or even you know, preventing even things from being recorded or identified in the first place. Let's talk a little bit about your business model. You shared earlier, you've tried multiple things and you've kind of come back around to, to, to the healthcare with Lasso. So, do you sell your devices or let's say firstly do you sell your devices or they're kind of like a long-term lease and then how does like the let's say data subscription or subscription to the services work so for any business pricing is the hardest and the most important thing <laughs> there's no hard rule or you know there's no any formula you, you know different domains will have a different ways of doing it hence i guess someone has been lucky that we are in various domains we're talking about surveillance healthcare elder care workplace safety domains, you know, we have diff customers from different domains. Hence, the pricing will be varied as well, I would say. The, I would definitely say that elder care business is the toughest, one of the toughest, because the main question lies is, who's going to pay for all this? And I feel a bit uncomfortable taking money from the elderly, especially the low-income older adult. Hence, I guess, um, uh, we treat this aging-in-place business a bit different, I would say. Uh, hence, we are charging about 2 to $3 per day per device, kind of our subscription model. Okay, so, uh, so you own the hardware still? Exactly, because they only don't need to yeah. own the hardware. They don't, uh, I don't see the point of having so, doing so. Hence, to make things every, uh, much affordable for everyone, it's going to be cheaper than a cup of uh, your Starbucks coffee or even a plate of chicken rice. We do have some customers. Um, for other domains like nursing homes, their requirements is different. I think more or less they want to purchase the hardware. 
rather than going for subscription. Hence, I guess a startup is good because we are quite flexible. Yeah. We are not steering a Titanic, we are just steering a small boat. Hence, you know, the pricing, we just follow the market demands yeah. uh, to find a sweet spot, I would say. Okay, and then, I mean, maybe a little bit of a business model, a little bit of maybe about privacy, depending. Who owns the data that's collected by, by your devices? The customer owns the data and we own the data as well. Okay. So we have multiple customers. Data will not be shared by different customers, yeah. but we do own, so customers own their own data, we own every, all the data as well. Okay. The reason why we're owning the data is because the more data that we have, the better our, our, we can use the data to find new ways how to improve the algorithm. Yes. We can find new features, find new logics, how to improve it. So hence, you know, it's used by the committee, it's developed, developed by the committee, and it's helping the committee as well. Yeah. That's why we want to place it. Yeah, I mean, feeds back into your product development so that exactly. you get better and better. Exactly. Another question about data, let's say besides continued product development, do you have any ideas on how to monetize that data, either through new product lines or, yeah, I mean, obviously it's going to be fully anonymized, but yeah, how's that data, or can that data add additional value to you besides your product development? So at this stage, uh, we're pretty busy with developing the sound recognition and the vision analytics. But at the same time, we're taking a few steps ahead yep. in terms of how to monetize the data that I think it's one way is to perform the analytics to come up with new features. I think that's one part of a fall prevention system that we want to achieve as well as a telemedicine. Imagine that a nurse converse with an older adult, the nurse without any information, they'll ask 10, 10 or 20 different questions. Okay. We are able to have all this data in the time needed by the nurse to engage the older adult can be reduced. Yeah. Hence, that's what, um, what we're looking at. But also thinking about insurance as well. How we can you know, tie up the data with the insurance company. If anything happened or before it happens, you know, all this data can probably show some uh, clues yeah. okay. um, for the insurance companies or any service providers to provide more assistance or services to the older adult. So yeah, I mean, trying to lay the bricks first, more or less, and make sure that everyone use Sunwise solution or product. With that, uh, we can collect more data. Slowly, we're moving into, uh, as you mentioned, how to monetize the data through different services as well. Okay, that, I mean, great answer and great to see that, that you're looking ahead. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's uh, team medicine, for prevention, and probably the insurance or even different services. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about your partners that you have. I mean, we talked about the use cases and your deployment scenarios. Let's say, besides that, you know, let's say maybe back-end partners. Uh, could you share a little bit? Because, I mean, you're making products, so you're definitely, and you're a small team, so you definitely need to lean on multiple parties. How do you find your partners and how do you kind of grow those relationships? So imagine that I started off as someone back in 2016. Most of the partners do know about me. Hence, I guess, during the early stage, more or less, you know, you have to do it yourself. Customer engagement, talk to the IT manager, do the deployments, etc. More or less, on one month, we can only do one building. During the COVID-19, we were pretty lucky, 20, over 20 different buildings within 24 months. It's quite heartening, but at the same time, it's pretty tiring as well. So we decided that we can't do this anymore, hence we are aggressively looking for partners. Luckily, yes, a few multinational companies, as well as our local SMEs, those are the few partners that we have. We have done trials together. I think I can't say much of the details, more or less 20 different centers uh, is within our graphs already. So rather than one month, I only can do one project uh, through partnership, uh, we can do multiple at the same time. How do I find them? To be honest, uh, once you have proven your product um, is widely being used, you have testimonials, rather than you look for partners, partners will come. In fact, they will look, come and look for you. Okay. So you just have to build up your solution, your reputation. Uh, and your customer base as well. But like, let's talk maybe about distribution and installation. Do you guys do that yourselves or do you kind of try to outsource that? Or not outsource, but partner with someone to, 
to do that part for you? More or less, over the past few years, we do it ourselves. We yeah. do hire a certified electrician to help us do the deployments, part of the requirements from the customers, I would say. Yeah. Yes, but still we need to be there to make sure everything works, etc. But more or less, you know, moving ahead from our market expansion, it's not going to be feasible for us to do it ourselves anymore. Yeah. Hence, we do train partners to do it. We're going to hold our hands in a few, in few projects. Hopefully, they know how to do it afterwards as well. Hence, I guess, we bear the mentality of we need to share the cake ready. Yeah. Over the past few years, we've been hogging the cake and we're having a hard time eating everything. Uh, putting in a simple analogy here. Yeah. So if we can share the cake, everyone, you know, everyone benefits, everyone wins. I think that's how I perceive a long-term kind of a business collaboration here. Okay. And so you have your devices. Do you assemble them all in-house or do you, have you reached the point where you need a contract manufacturer? At this stage, to keep the price down, um, we do it ourselves in Singapore. The components is fabricated in China, sent to Singapore, more or less because majority of our business is still in Singapore due to okay. the pandemic. Hence, we I think it's more it's logical to do that. But in the future, if let's say Japan, the business goes up, we're going to set up an office in Japan to do all the assembly, testing, technical support, as, as well as a business support. Okay. So your partners are going to help you scale. And like, like you said, there's too much cake now for your team and you need to leverage others. How do you see SoundEye scaling? I mean, and what does that actually mean? To go, let's say, 10x, 100x, 1000x from where you are today? I think 2023 is still going to be a tricky year. Last year was, uh, I think last year, because of the war, everything inflated. In terms of how many times we can grow, I think it's still debatable. I think this, must, this also applies to other companies as well. But definitely it's going to increase because we have a strong whole footprint in Singapore. And we're doing pretty well, I would say. Um, though it can be better though. Hence, if you are able to expand to countries like Japan, Australia, and China, I think, uh, yeah, in terms of revenue-wise, uh, hopefully we can grow at least, hopefully, at least uh, five times this year. Uh, okay. That'd be great. In the coming three years, uh, hopefully we did about 10 to 15 times. We're trying to keep the numbers a bit humble because I think, uh, you know, to play safe, it's better to expect the worst-case scenario. I think that's, you know, we overachieve, that's going to be plus points for us anyway. Okay. Do you see any, let's say, accelerators coming up? I mean, if you put your dream hat on, I mean, so you have your current projection like, like, like you just shared. Is there anything you see coming up in the next two, three years that could maybe, you know, accelerate SoundEye, either in terms of like install base or like you said, new features that just like, boom, bump you up a whole level? So far, I guess we are focusing on B2B. Okay. A lot of my partners, I was asking me, hey, can we, can you, can someone develop something for consumer market? I think that one has been bugging me for a few years. The only thing that's hindering my you know, someone going to the consumer market is a pricing. Um, because the consumer market is always comparing this product and your product as yeah. well. That's a mentality in Singapore. Hence, I might need to explore or study overseas market first on, the, on how does the consumer buy in other countries. US or European countries, as long as things work, you know, regardless of how much the price, as long as it's not too high, it's in a neat kind of a tier pricing. Yeah. Probably they will kind of buy as well. Hence, I guess Asia is going to be a bit challenging to keep the price down with all this AI stuff going on. Yeah. I might have a better fan in a bit further away, let's yeah. say. That will bump up the pricing as well, my sales in yes. way. Um, another thing is if I can go into, hey, selling insurance plus my sensor, why not? Yeah. Only that will, that's another way of going into the consumer market as yeah. well. Okay, thanks. So, I mean, that's great to hear. Move, moving forward, I mean, you've been quite successful. You've gone through this full circle, as you've mentioned already. How do you define success for you and your team moving forward from now, from today in 2023? 
money is important. Flow is very important here. But at the same time, you know, we can't deviate from why we started off all this. It's really about bringing peace of mind to the elderly. Someone is pretty fortunate that we have grown beyond elder care. We are now in elder care, healthcare, surveillance. We are a social enterprise. We are still generating revenue, profits, etc. That is very critical. But you know, coming back to the whole thing is we need all this revenue and profit is to grow, scale, hopefully to make the product even cheaper, better. Hence, I guess I think the best way how we can measure success is how many lives we can save based on using our solution and how many people we can bring peace of mind. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. A great way to measure your product, measure your impact, measure the value you bring to the market. And I mean, I say market, but really, I mean, like you said, people's lives. Because you know, the more device that we deploy, that is going to answer the measure the impact as well as the business part as yes. well. The social enterprise, we always has this nagging issue of uh, keep making generating revenue at yet the same time have to contribute to the society. That's something that normal business will have to worry. Yeah, I mean, we're just putting this challenge because we want to make our life or work more meaningful every day. Okay. One one other thing, you're so you're quite far into your let's say founding story. Um, what lessons would you give yourself, let's say, or some, someone, you know, in your shoes 10 years ago, th- thinking of, you know, working on a technology in a lab and thinking about how can I commercialize this? I think when I started all this is, you know, with very little money there <laughs> and I ju- just jumped the bandwagon there. So I guess, um, if I, you know, if I'm able to tell 10 years ago myself, better find more money. <laughs> okay. Hence, you know, with more money, we can, I can get a good team. A team is very important to be honest. When I started all this, I thought I can do it myself at that point of time. Unfortunately, it was a grave mistake. For people to join you, you need money, at least some money, I guess. Yeah. Hence, I guess, it's very important that you have enough money, you have a good team, you know, to start all this. Um, it, for me, it takes about more than eight years to do all this. Yes. It can be shortened if I have <laughs> more money. <laughs> okay, so yeah, resources, resources to grow the team and to learn that, I mean, you need a team, you need the support to be able to grow and make that impact. Yeah. But I guess, you know, those people who knows me, they will know that I would say things happen for a good reason. Yes, it took so long. I guess, you know, it is meant for us to learn what people need, what are the technologies to be developed, as well as convincing the required stakeholders as well. One very lighthearted question. What's the strangest sound you recorded with SoundEye or that you could share? I think um, there's, there's one sound that uh, falls along, for example. Um, it's one of the birds tweeting. Um, making a funny sound that, um, hey, is this someone screaming or something else? <laughs> One of our customers requests us to place outdoor because there are people that's trying to escape the, the premise. Um, yeah. There's going to be uh, people fighting outside as well. Um, there's one time that, hey, there's this weird sound that sounds like screaming, but eventually you found out it's a, it's a bird. That's all. <laughs> okay, so yeah, there, there's another application here. You can deploy for birders to, to recognize. Fair enough, fair enough, yeah. Okay, so just to wrap up, anything that, that we didn't cover that, that you want to share about SoundEye? I guess um, SoundEye has come from, uh, we, we have been tr- going through up and down. I guess, you know, the main important thing is, in Singapore, at least the go-to-market strategy is, you really need to convince those big brothers, agencies, whatever. Probably it's because of the domains I've picked. It will take time. It's just a matter of our perseverance to make sure that you are able to convince the necessary stakeholders. I think technology, any product, it's just a matter of improving the value. So I guess for any companies that's trying to, for anyone that's trying to set up a company, I guess better prove it as soon as possible. Deploy more revenue will always solve 99% of the issue that you have. Um, revenue in terms of people buying yourself, that is another testimonial that your solution works. The money is going to be supporting your team as well. 
Hence, I guess it's going to take some time. Don't rush. Probably yes, rush, but uh, don't rush blindly in a certain way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, make sure that what you're doing really address a pain point. I guess some of the, most of the companies fail to do that. That includes myself. It takes so many years in order to find out that part. Okay, thanks. And where can our audience find you? What's the best way to connect with Soundi? Web page will be great. www.sound-i.com. Okay, great. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for your time this morning and look forward to Soundi's continued success in Singapore and abroad. Thank you so much. And with that, thanks for listening. Please hit like and subscribe wherever you are getting your podcasts. Thanks for joining us for our launch series and be sure to look out for future episodes as we explore the intersection of science, technology, and business in the growing Singapore deep tech scene together.